If you would, open your Bible to Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Um, last week I taught one message, you know, called, called avoiding the risk. And really it was about how not to uh, be full of worry and how not to be discouraged. And uh, that there's a verse that tells us to avoid, to do certain things to avoid. And this may be a one and done message too, or it may turn into two or three or four or who knows as we move along. But I'm going to talk about awakening or awaken. And, uh, you know, in just praying, especially praying this week in our, our, our prayer on Tuesday and Friday with, with the group of people, uh, that there has been this phrase and this statement that has come up in me. And so in praying, I'm kind of connecting with that. In the Bible, this is the phrase, uh, Paul, one of the people who was uh, mightily used by God in his day and age, he wrote and talked about some Christians who had become shipwreck in their faith. Now, you understand a ship does not belong on the rocks, does not belong in a sandbar. I saw a video the other day after this hurricane, uh, Ian, Ian, however he, you know what I'm talking about, a lot of heads going like this, and uh, and they had a big crew of people, and they were just digging this uh, fishing boat that had been wedged in the sand, and they were just digging and pulling with other boats because that's not where boats belong, in case you didn't know that. And so it had been shipwrecked, so to speak. It was in a place where it wasn't fulfilling its purpose, and he talked about people being recovered who were shipwrecked. And so, can Christians get shipwreck in their faith? Meaning where they're not cruising along doing the purposes and plans of God. And then, they're, and then in praying, this phrase, awaken, uh, kept coming up. And so, we're going to talk about it. And it's a very similar phrase. And I was amazed... Uh, because when I hear the word awakening, you know, if you have your ear to any Christian station, you know, or radio or different preachers will talk about, you know, a third great awakening. Anybody ever heard that phrase? And they, they, well, you can't have a third unless you have a first and a second. And uh, first great awakening happened hundreds of years ago. And then the second one kind of there was a lull, and then it hit or came. And what is an awakening? Well, it was a reviving, so to speak. And, and that's not really maybe the best wording, but it's literally an awakening. It is a biblical term. And uh, I, in praying, was surprised how much the Bible talks about awakening before the second coming. That that part of the second coming, because see, if people, there's many admonitions about waking up, and if Christian, here's the thing, you don't wake up a sinner or a lost person. They're spiritually dead. Hey, wake up. Hey, wake up. Um, they're dead. No, they've got to come to life. Christians are made new and have new life. But the warnings for awakening often are connected to the Christian. So if there's a bunch of warnings connected with the second coming, 
concerning Christians, you know, often in our life, we're told as believer, God cares about the lost sheep, the people who don't know Him, the people who are going to spend eternity in hell, and we go, yeah, they need the Lord. But do you know He doesn't just care about them? He cares about sleeping saints, because as much as a lost person can be caught off guard at his coming, there are warnings for Christians to be not caught off guard or asleep when he comes or near his coming. Because if you're asleep or I'm asleep, and here's the thing, maybe you're not asleep, maybe you're wide awake, you're vibrant to the purposes of God and you're serving faithfully and going after it. But, you know, there can be ranges all in between. Some of the great little kid videos. The drowsy kid. Oh, isn't that cute? It is cute. You know, they fall over and land in their food, and up they come, and they got food on. Oh, that's so cute. Except for the mother who gets to clean the child. But everybody else like, oh, isn't that neat? But that's not neat with a Christian. And so when he talks about, uh, 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 through the scripture, about awakening, you know, we often talk about being deceived when the Lord comes, and look, this is going to happen, and this is going to happen before the Lord comes, and this is going to happen, and there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, and these countries are going to come against these countries, and we're looking all out there, and we're going, hey, look at this. There is an alliance right now with this country and country and these things, you know. I mean, there's just obscure scriptures about, you know, fish showing up in the Dead Sea. Why do they call it the Dead Sea? Too much salt, dead. And then actually there's another scripture that talks about there's a certain river or thing that flows there that's so full of salt, fish can't live, and it prophesied fish would come there too. Do you know in the last three years, fish have come to both of those? All of a sudden, fresh water has come up through the bottom, little springs, and has made fresh water pockets, and so it, it makes it like, you know, like a delta where fresh water comes in and pushes the salt water, and fish have found their way in there. The Bible prophesied that years ago. Well, people go, wow, that's pretty wild. You know, 3,000-something years ago, that was in the Bible? And that that would happen before the Lord would come? But here's the thing. Those are all great, and they're wonderful because, you know, watches are the, the thing nowadays, you know, if you know, like, got to have 50 watches. I don't have 50. Not going to have 50. Unless they're $51 one, $1 watches. But, uh, you know, watches are a big thing, but watches are there to tell you time. And uh, there are things that are there to tell us time, too, in the Scripture. But one thing that it might be overlooked is the sleeping church. Or the sleeping, non-awake Christian. And somebody might say, but I'm awake. Right. <laughs> then maybe wake someone else up. Just like, just like we would care about the lost, maybe we should care about the sleeping one that is in danger too. Amen. 
So if you will, Ephesians, the fifth chapter, we're going to go through and look about, about awakening, about being awake, and what the Bible has to say. You know, you, you don't awaken a sinner. I mean, you may alert him, but you do awaken a saint. And uh, there are some very interesting scriptures about being awake. Some of the observations of sleeping... Uh, are very obvious. Oh, when my spouse is asleep, anything can happen and they'll never wake up. What are we saying? They're not alert to things around them. Now, this is not a physical sleep. This is a spiritual sleep. So, in a physical sleep, I'm not aware of physical things. I mean, you know... A few days ago, we had some pretty hardcore rain. Then we had some at night. I pretty much didn't hear it. One time, there was like this boom, and I barely, I don't even know if my eye opened. Oh, it's raining. Something's going on. You know, it's not a window breaking. Somebody's not busting down the front door. I'm out. Could you imagine somebody who's asleep, but they're asleep spiritually, what does it take to wake them up? A huge explosion? You know, some people, well, I'm just a real light sleeper. But if I'm physically asleep, I'm not hearing what's going on. I'm inactive when I'm asleep. Somebody said, well, I'm pretty active when I'm, I'm asleep. Yeah, but it's at least confined to your bed. You know, your calisthenics, rolling around, whatever it is. But it's not like you end up down the stairs at the bottom of the stairs with all your blankets and went, how did this happen? And if it does, you're awesome. <laughs> you, you have a special place. You with me? Normally, I mean, I mean, if you're just real dramatic when you're sleeping, you may end up on the floor. And if, you, if that's you, you need to get those little kitty rail things and slide them in so you don't end up. But, but when you're asleep for the most part, there's not huge amounts of movement. You are inactive. You're not alert to things. Are you with me? It's when many of the great escapes happened to me when my mom took a nap when I was a kid. Out the door, I can go play now. But what is the idea that when a person is sleeping, they're inactive, but they're unperceptive too, to their surroundings. Not physical, in this case, spiritual surroundings. Could you have a bunch of people asleep who are Christians going through the motion, but they're really not perceptive to spiritual things. And they really don't have their uh, hand on the spiritual pulse of the kingdom of God. You know, have you ever, you ever done that? And they tell you, yeah, put your finger right here and you can feel your pulse. And then you're like, I don't have one. <laughs> Where'd that go? You know, and you readjust and you do it. But there's some people who are trying to find it. There is a real pulse 
and there is a pulse to the kingdom of God, and sometimes people are asleep and they don't have their hand on the pulse. And if you said, what is God dealing with you about, and what is God doing in your life, and how is God moving in your life, there might be a like, what are you talking about? There, there, when people are awake, there's a vitality, there's a, a, an awareness to things. And so here in uh, Ephesians 5, we're going to read here and then go through a few different scriptures. Verse 8 of the fifth chapter, it says, For we, you were, we, meaning believers, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. That's a huge statement. You once were darkness, now you're light in the Lord. He said, Walk as children of the light. Skip verse 9 down to verse 10. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Now the New Living Translation says, Carefully, because you are a child of the light, and not of the night. A child of the day, not of the child of darkness. When do people sleep? Yeah, some people during the day. But that's just because you had to work. But the normal thing is at night. And even people who sleep uh, during the day because they work all night, they fabricate darkness. They'll put blinds up. They'll cover their eyes. They'll plug their ears, not with their fingers. You know, they'll try to, because it's usually quieter at night. It's darker at night. And when light comes, there is just an inherent alertness that comes with it you know have you ever when when the days are shorter all of a sudden it's light and you're like whoa what time is it? and you're like oh five o'clock i want to sleep for another half hour or maybe you're like three more hours but when light comes there's a boom but people sleep in the dark and he said this we're children and he's talking about spiritually here children of the light then he says Verse 10, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. The New Living Translation says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. One thing about being awake spiritually is you need to know that not everything is pleasing to the Lord. We're made in God's image. Is everything pleasing to you? Oh, now don't act innocent. Not everything is pleasing to you. Not everything that happens is pleasing to me. Some things are more pleasing than others. And he said, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Well, where are we going to find out what pleases him? We're going to find it first and foremost in the book. And so he said... Uh, be careful or carefully determine what pleases the Lord. An awake person is going to be alert. They are a child of God. They're a child of the light. And they are going to carefully find out what pleases the Lord. Getting quiet in here. No, these are real things. Because if we show up or he shows up, and we're not doing the things that please Him, is He going to be going, I'm so pleased. And if He shows up not being pleased, 
then he wouldn't be pleased now. You know, the Bible said without faith, it's impossible to please him. So you could see right there, there's an inherent thing about pleasing and not pleasing. You know, in the Old Testament, the Bible said the thoughts and imaginations of their heart, you know, that came from their mind, they kept thinking bad and thinking wrong. It said God wasn't pleased with that. Now, now don't get me wrong, you could be tempted and be going, I resist you and moving your mind away from things. That's not what God's not pleased with. God is pleased with that. He knows we live in a fallen world and things are going to come against us. But he's talking about the person who just takes it and starts running with it and accepting it and thinking in it. He's not pleased with that because he knows how dangerous it is to you. Are you with me? And so when he said here, finding out what is acceptable, this other translation, carefully determine what pleases him. Carefully determine, carefully, not haphazardly, carefully determine what pleases him. Now let's read on, verse 11. And have no fellowship. Somebody said fellowship. What is that? It means don't partake, don't interact with, don't do, don't do the things of the unfruitful works of darkness. That's why in Hebrews 6.1, when it talks about one of the foundational things of a Christian, is repentance from dead works. In other words, one thing that's part of our foundation as a believer is you keep the mindset of putting away dead works. You don't allow them to creep back in. And so he said, don't partake or don't allow for fruit, unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Notice verse 12, for it is shameful even to speak. Not only think about them, but speak of those things which are done by them in secret or in the dark. He said it's even shameful for Christians to bring these things up and talk about them. Wow. In other words, I can touch things with my mind. I can touch things with my body. But we, can, we are told here, don't even touch them with your tongue. Now, that doesn't mean you're out there... Uh, uh, uh. Oh, I thought that. Ooh. No, he means talking about it. Touch. Don't even, you know, there are sometimes I've talked about things with people just in a conversation and just talked about it. And I was like, ugh. Ugh. What if I just generally do that all the time and don't even think about it? I might be half sleeping. We'll just keep reading. Have no fellowship, interaction with the unfruitful works of darkness. Rather expose them, and it literally means to the light. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light or by truth, by the Spirit. 
For whatever makes manifest is light. In other words, when you notice it's something bad, it has been exposed divinely by, by divine truth or by the Spirit of God, and you're able to see something that you maybe didn't even see was bad before. Haven't we all been there? You know, I remember when I first got saved or gave my life back to the Lord, really, I woke. Um, everybody was like, abortion's bad, abortion's bad. I mean, it was like every, I mean, there were people protesting and everything. And I came in, I'm like, I don't understand why it's so bad. I didn't. I'd come out of the world. I got delivered from drugs, delivered from alcohol. I mean, I was a changed person, but I was like, I don't understand why it's just so bad. Then as I started reading Scripture and would see that Jesus was actually alive in his mother's womb and John the Baptist was alive in his mother's womb and that people are alive when they're in their womb. It's a whole different DNA set in there. And I was like, oh, it was exposed. That's why I try not to be hard on people when they're walking with the Lord. Because we're growing. I mean, do you know everything? If you do, then you need to come down here and repent for being a liar. Because <laughs> you don't. Nobody does. For eternity, God's going to be revealed to us. And Paul in his last letter, said, not that I've obtained all knowledge, but I press on. And so we recognize here, he's talking about people waking up. And one of the things about a person who starts awakening, is you start being alert, is what, what's on our mouth. And then he said, verse 14, Therefore I say, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light or give you more light. It's an interesting exhortation here of awakening spiritually. He was writing to Christians here that there is a need for people to be awake. And he said, arise from among the dead. You know, and I've said this before, there is a difference between a sleeping person and a dead person, but by visual appearance sometimes you can't tell. And therefore there's all those movie scenes where, you know, the three stooges, one of them's asleep in the morgue and he wakes up and scares everybody. Because they think he's dead or they put the sheet on him and they're like, look, in other words... A Christian who's alive but sleeping looks like the rest of the world or starts taking on things that look like the world. Does it mean they're dead? No. It means they're sleeping. And he said, if you will take the action of starting to arise, you will get more light. And so there are exhortations. What, what could we be asleep to? What could somebody else be asleep to if they're asleep? Well, they would be spiritually asleep, not physically. And he's giving this illustration for us to know, to warn us, this is a huge thing before he comes. 
As a matter of fact, we're going to read this in a minute. You know, most people know the Battle of Armageddon and the Scripture about the Battle of Armageddon. You know what the exhortation is in the verse right before? Waking up. Being awake. So why would you think if that's such a huge sign, wouldn't everybody who's a Christian be awake? The question would be is if we are nearer than the end and he's doing a work, wouldn't you think all Christians would be awake and alert and thinking, I got to be doing the plan of God? Yeah, I've got work to do. I've got business. I've got family. But my priority would be the Lord. Wouldn't you think it would be natural? Why would there be such warnings? And if there's a warning and we don't warn people, then the blood comes on us. Remember in Ezekiel, if you don't warn the ungodly about his ungodly way, his blood will be you know, upon your hands. But isn't it interesting, Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament by the inspiration of God, talked in the book of Romans, talked in very... And we're not going to look at all these verses. You know, Thessalonians, throughout the New Testament, about... And we're here reading another one of his writings about awakening. And uh, he made this statement at the end of his life. He said, I'm innocent of the blood of all men because I didn't forsake to tell the full counsel. And part of the counsel of God is telling saints... Be awake. And so it made him innocent. So that must be, there must be uh, some cost there. And so if somebody doesn't share this, and here's the thing, then maybe even us telling people who are asleep makes us innocent. What if, I'm sleeping and somebody doesn't tell me. And God deals with them to tell me. You get what I'm saying? That makes them innocent, then it's up to me to wake up on, you know, by God's dealing. And so when he says here, awake, could people be asleep? You know? He tells us awake to right standing and sin not. So people who participate in just a wrong lifestyle, are probably sleeping if they're saved. Or drowsing off. Dozing off. If I'm not praying, I could be totally asleep because I'm not recognizing the influence. Because I'm, if I'm awake, I'm, I'm aware of the importance of spiritual things. I'm going to pray and affect things with prayer. Because it's a spiritual activity. Reading, serving God, being faithful in a local body. It's all spiritual activity. Reaching people, doing His plan, the list goes on and on. Uh, you know. But when people sleep, they're not alert to kingdom business. If God gives these exhortations, we're going to read through a few of them here. If God gives these exhortations uh, toward saints being awake, He cares. This is a huge target area for Him. I've said this before. 
some Christians that fall asleep don't realize who were connected to them and what influences they were having to be salt and light to other saved people, and they just kind of drift off into their own plan, and they kind of snooze, and those people that were connected, that were needing their hand and needing that till they could stand on their own feet, drift with them. That's why there's such admonition in this area. I mean, if I went by the wayside, people would be affected. Somebody said, well, that's you. No, it's all of us. Yeah, but there's so much to enjoy here on the earth. Um, if I miss something here or there, you don't think you're going to get it made up in heaven? For like ever and ever and ever? But yeah, but I may only have 30 years left on the earth. 50. Like you won't have trillions of years in heaven with way better things. Not that you can't enjoy things here. I'm just talking about priority. You know, I, I brought this up the other day about people and uh, living for the Lord and just praying about these things. If there's such exhortation uh, for people to serve God and once they become mature not to turn away and cast off their salvation for eternity, then it must mean if somebody really goes for it with God, it's really going to pay off in heaven. Because we're rewarded differently. If hell has differences, and there are because he tells us people who do certain things deceptively will receive a more severe punishment. I know that may sound odd, but heaven is not just equal for everybody, and hell is not equal for everybody. Amen. There are different thrones, there are different things. I don't know how it works, I haven't been there. Neither, you know, and if you have, then you can let me know later. Don't just jump up right now, but there are plenty of scriptures that talk about things and if it's bliss, it's bliss. And if it's better, it's better. And so, notice some of these verses here about awakening. And here's an interesting thing before we switch. I was going to turn to Matthew. But let's read this again. Verse 14. Therefore he says. Who says? He. He who? The pastor. No. He, God. Notice this, therefore he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead. Who's talking here? God. This awakening for people is not all natural. To go to sleep means I have to go against a dealing from God. Because this awakening is an awakening from God. You know, the Bible said nobody comes to the Lord unless the Lord draw him. Somebody said, no, I came on my own. No, you didn't. You might have thought you came, but God was ultimately drawing you. And God draws people through the message and through people telling. That's why we become innocent when we share. God works and strives and deals. But, you know, he doesn't just deal with the lost. He will strive with the people who sleep 
He'll even strive with people who are awake to keep them awake. And so when he said, and remember, we're going to look that there are exhortations about not being asleep when he comes, and here he's saying, wake up! That is not just a human voice. If I become cynical about it, I might be drowsy. Oh, come on. Remember, indifference towards spiritual things is a sign somebody is asleep. Oh, come on now. I might need to hit myself and go, wait a minute, I need to pay attention. If I've got this attitude toward this, and he's saying wake up, then I, I ought to be looking and going, wait a minute, if he said wake up, and I got a bad attitude toward it, I'm not aware of this spiritual reality then. Oh, I've heard him talk about that before. I know Peter brought that scripture concerning the end times, that people will start saying that. And so if he says, wake up, and I'm like, yeah, come on, then I need to go, wait a minute, what am I allowing in that's making me indifferent toward the voice of God to being alert? Because if I'm alert, I'll go, okay, cool, I'm alert. I, I just want to pay attention. If, I, if there's an area where I can become more alert and be better, more sharp in my awakeness, help me. But if I'm totally drowsing off going, come on, I need to just grab myself by the back of the collar and go, wait a minute, the Lord's dealing with me. I need to pay attention. And so he said, therefore I say to you, awake. So who said it? God. So awakening, whether it's on a national level, a world level, a church level, it, part of an awakening is God's Spirit beginning to move and strive with people to position them for kingdom business presently and for His return. Because it's not just for His return that He wants you to be awake. Otherwise, He'd just say, wake up right now. Here He comes. Okay. You know, one guy who's an end time teacher has a badge that you can buy, and I have one, and it says, act busy, the, Lord, the Lord's coming. Well, it's kind of cute, but at the same time, we don't want to just be busy because we know He's coming. We want to be alert, we want to be awake, we want to be doing His stuff right now, and aware of spiritual things because they are the key, they're the only thing that lasts. Somebody's in my house, ain't going to last. It ain't going to last. So if he said, therefore he says awake, that's him on those words. Do I recognize him in those words? That means the Holy Spirit will work on those words. And those words were directed not to lost people. This letter was written to saints, not ain'ts, as people say. And there is a vast difference. So if I read, now I understand some of the stuff he was writing, even in the verse before, was targeting a lost person and the works they do. But then he switches and said, don't sleep, don't be asleep with them that are dead. You know, don't dance with a dead person. Maybe that's what we'll call this message. He's like, gross. Exactly. But if he said awake, he's striving. If you're sleeping, 
these things should be vibrant to us if we're awake. Let, let's move on. Matthew 24. We've got a couple of verses to cover. Matthew 24. Familiar verse if you know end time stuff. The 24th chapter. The 13th chapter of Mark. Uh, 17th chapter of Luke and other places. Luke 21. Different places talks about the end time, the second coming of the Lord. And, and here in Matthew 24, in the 42nd verse, the Lord talks about different signs and different things about his second coming and various things that would happen toward the end. But then he makes this statement in verse 42, and I'm going to read 42 and 43, and then I'm going to read them in different translations. It says, watch therefore... For you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Now we understand, if we're students of Scripture, we can really target in on some things. But he's giving a principle here. But know this, and he's giving, a, he's giving an illustration to people. He's trying to help people to be ready. Because nobody knows the exact moment. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched. Now notice we see that phrase, watch, twice. But you know, other translations don't say watch. And, and it's inherent in the thought. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. It's inherent that if somebody's going to rob your house at night, you're not going to be sleeping. You're going to be ready. And if there are admonitions out there about the church being awake, and believers being awake, being alert, and being aware of the state of people around them, you're going to be alert. You're going to watch. You're not going to snooze off. Because they could come in, rob your house, and whoa. Notice this, I'm going to read a different translation, verse 42. It says, keep awake therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. Verse 43, English Standard Version says, but know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake he would have stayed awake. In other words, now remember, this is not physical, this is spiritual. He would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. You know what makes people go to sleep? You curious about that? Do you know what makes a Christian go to sleep? It's inherent in the thought of darkness and light. The Bible said when God speaks to us, out of His Word, light comes. When God deals with us by His Spirit, light comes. When a person does not follow that light, they move over into the dark. That's where people start going to sleep. They refuse His leadings. They refuse the things they know from His Word. And it's inherent that when they move into the dark, 
they will get sleepy. So obviously, then the same is true in following him. And notice he said, keep awake, therefore. If the master would have known he, what time he would have been awake. Notice 1 Thessalonians 5. Concerning the second coming of the Lord. Now you understand this. We're not trying to find out, like, is it next Tuesday or three years from now on Sunday? No, we don't want to time our awakeness to that. We don't want to time our awakeness to the very day He comes. We want to be awake because we know that there's work to be done and there are saints that need to be awoken. 1 Thessalonians 5, notice this in verse 5. It says, you are all sons of the light. Isn't it interesting? Again, he talks about light and darkness, and he's going to talk about sleeping and being awake. Notice this. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others, but let us watch or be alert. And what is he talking about? He's talking about people who are awake are going to be alert to spiritual things. They are going to be a priority. People who start sleeping, spiritual things. And, and, and when I talk about spiritual things, you understand it's inherent that I'm not talking from a world point of view. Because there's a lot of people in the world talk about, I'm spiritual, I'm just not religious. No, I'm talking about Jesus, the light of the world... I'm talking about the truth of the Word of God. I'm talking about following Him and that there is no other way to get to heaven. And people who are asleep will say there are many ways. They're just not seeing spiritual things. Somebody said, you're being hard. No, I'm trying to help. And it would be dangerous to others for me not to tell the truth. You know, I remember an older minister told me one time at a funeral, just tell them that person's in a better place. And I thought to myself, I didn't want to be disrespectful to him because he was an older gentleman in the Lord, but I thought, I, I will not say that at a funeral unless I know that person is in heaven because I don't want them to go, oh, well, great, he acted like the devil. I never knew he gave his life to the Lord. Here's a spiritual authority right here who's quote-unquote a minister, and he's telling us it's okay, he's in a better place. No, not everybody's in a better place when they die. But I want to help people feel better. No, because it's a falseness to it. I just don't want anybody to feel bad. No, maybe we need to feel bad. And just be honest. Because if I'm not honest, it may just sab me over and allow for another opportunity to go by the wayside. And they're in a bad place, but I feel pretty good. Because it doesn't change reality, it just changes my perception to reality and it dumbs me down. Or numbs me down. And really it causes a, a sleep. 
because I get groggy about those matters. But, but maybe not everybody's going to like me. Well, we could give love, uh, truth in love. People may not like it, but man, if I say, get up, get over here, say that nice. The house is on fire. You didn't say please. Because we get that a lot in our society. Oh, they just came across this way. Now we can say it in love, but listen, the house is on fire. Will you please get up? Wait, wake up. Wake up, dear. Uh, wake up. If you can't hear the Lord's voice, hear mine. Amen. First Thessalonians. Notice this. Verse 6. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober or clear-minded and literally self-controlled, and it does include getting drunk. One sign, and we see it everywhere, of being asleep spiritually is getting drunk. I know it's not popular. I'm not trying to win a beauty contest or a popularity contest, in case you're wondering. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. Though the implication of drunk there and sober have two different implications. One is sober is being clear-minded about matters. The other is literally don't get drunk. Because we're not of the night. Verse 8, let us who are of the day be sober, putting on. Notice this phrase, putting on. Do you know that some of the translations I didn't read, and we will, we'll look at the very last one next, talks about awakening and then being dressed? Not everybody who is awake is clothed. The Lord wrote to the church, that one church in the book of Revelation, and He said, He said, Buy clothes like this. It, other places it talks about our garments being saved people who are awake, spotted by the filth of the flesh, our garments. You know, in other words, you've got a big old goober of fleshly stuff on your clothes. So your clothes, you may think, look good. These are spiritual clothes. And if we're the bride of Christ, we don't want to come, you know, with a big old blotch of spaghetti on us. I'm here, Lord. Ta-da! Oh, that. Spotted by the flesh. We want to be ready when he comes. Awakening has to do with how we're dressed spiritually. And so he said here, because think about it. The person who is awake at night, who's watching for his home to be awake and alert so it's not broken into, it's implied he'll be dressed. Unless he's just really trying to scare the person who's breaking in. Okay, sorry, that was a mistranslation. 
But let us who are of the day be sober, verse 8, putting on the breastplate of faith. In other words, living by faith is being awake and dressed. And love, not the world's view of love, God's view of love. And for a helmet, i got to wear a helmet? What about my hair? Don't worry. Hope of salvation. You're thinking about the Lord. You're thinking about His coming. You have that in the back of your mind. This will not last forever. Now turn over and we're going to close here in Revelation. Everybody okay? Wake up. Somebody's next to you. Smack them if they're falling asleep. Revelation 16. Hey, if this is a real danger, it takes real attention. If he said carefully know God's will, this is part of God's will for the day and age we are living in. God is trying to awake people who are asleep. He's trying to keep people awake who are awake. Not everybody is going to awake and be ready when the Lord comes back. Because they will choose to stay asleep. They will like the darkness more than the light. But there are people who are asleep that just need the light, need to be told. And God is moving by His Spirit. And one of the things that will happen in this move of God that is working before He comes is not only to reach the lost, but it's to awake others who are not awake as saints. Revelation 16, verse 15. I'm going to read this one verse. It says this, Behold, I am coming as a thief. So even with all the signs, think about it. With all the signs, he said, I'm coming like a thief. With all the signs. Now skip down to verse 16. And they gathered them together to the place called in the Hebrew Armageddon. So he tells us, I'm coming like a thief. And he said, this battle of Armageddon is the backdrop of the end time or the very end. So if we saw that, wouldn't we be, how could it be like a thief? Because he said it. Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Wow, could you imagine the Lord shows up and I'm naked? And we're all naked or half naked and somebody's got boxers on and that's about it. And you're like, great. Adam and Eve got some leaves. I mean, it sounds kind of funny, but it would be real horrible. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, a cartoon. We're talking about the real God of the universe, the God of everything showing up. I mean, the God that created the visible and anything, and his self-existence always existed, always will be. We're talking about him showing up, and 
you know, I mean, what if you had a vision? I know a guy who literally had a vision. He was in a bathtub and an angel appeared. I'd be like, Lord, could you have at least sent him when I got out of the tub? I liked a little few extra bubbles or something in here. And literally spoke to him and said, and the Lord spoke and said, he is sent to help preserve your ministry and to bring finances for your ministry. I'd have been like, Lord. And that, but here's the thing. That's natural. We're talking about a spiritual thing. Lest you walk naked. So I could have these clothes on, but not have the right ones on. And when do normally we do the change of clothes? When we're about waking up or going to sleep. And he told us, watch. And some translations say, uh, you know, be awake. Be awake. I'm going to read this in, in the New International Version. Look, I come like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and remains clothed. Clothing, a life of faith. Walking in God's love. A helmet of salvation. Shod feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Sharing the good news with others that are asleep or that don't know the Lord. Notice this. So as not to go naked and be shamefully exposed. Man, some things are hidden that when he comes are not. I don't know about you, I want to have all my clothes on, even if they're not what they should be now. Because you might look and go, you look pretty covered, but what about spiritually? How are we? And one thing that God is doing by his spirit right now in the kingdom is trying to awaken people. So you may not need to be awakened. You may need to be partially awakened. You may need to be completely awakened. You may not need to, but you may need to be helping somebody else. You might be like, glory to God, I'm ready to take on the world. Uh, what about waking up somebody else? You could be in a very good position with God. You could be saying, I'm trying to put my shoes on. I'm pretty dressed, but I'm trying to, you know, but haven't we ever put our shoes on and directed other people? Get your kids, get your shoes on. Come on. And maybe we're in a good place, but remember, this is not all about us. This is about other people who are sleeping that we may need to just take the lead and find that people will follow our lead. Did you hear that? Oh, amen. Yes, I heard that. Amen. I don't, nobody heard that. Okay. Awake. Awake. Because we're about to be dismissed. No, awake. Because we're nearer the end than when we first believed, he said. 